0: And now, straight from Squaresville, Stevenage, daddy-o. It's 1959, and there's a serious charge. If you weren't concentrating, serious charge could pass in front of your eyes and you'd notch it up as a standard dated 50s melodrama. But with its foray into teenage delinquency and its central focus on the then huge taboo of homosexuality, it certainly bears closer inspection. The plot involves a progressive
1: young vicar who, when establishing himself in a new parish in a provincial town, becomes embroiled in a sex scandal as the local teenage hoodlum maliciously frames him on an indecent assault charge, an allegation mistakenly corroborated by the vicar's spurned
0: female admirer. With its strong, racy, even daring themes, an alternate title of A Touch of Hell, you might be expecting something akin to the Blackboard Jungle, but you'd be disappointed.
1: Adapted for the screen by Guy Elms and Mickey Delamar from the 1956 stage play by Philip King, the screenplay does have high
0: moments of excellent, well-observed dialogue. But, like our podcasts, it's way too wordy, unable to throw off its stage origins, and its verbosity dilutes the impact of its most telling lines and dramatic scenes. The central vicar
1: character is played with great skill and assurance by the always excellent Anthony Quayle. He and Irene Brown, Superbus's mother.
0: Man, she's for real. Hold the
1: movie together and give it momentum.
0: But it's a strange and very different world in which a cardiganed Anthony Quayle can be described by teenagers as dreamy.
1: Then, in his late forties, he's playing a man of the cloth in his early thirties, who's also a professional footballer, a supposedly virile,
0: handsome man of action. Quayle never puts a foot wrong but it's a role which might have been better suited to, say, Stanley Baker, either of the Richards, Todd or Burton, or perhaps Patrick McGoon. There are other casting peculiarities too.
1: Andrew Ray, son of comedian Ted, gives a decent dramatic performance as Larry, the wayward youth, but he's too small, light of voice and doesn't carry the unpredictable menace needed for the genuine tension and danger of American equivalent Vic Murrow. Actors like James Booth or Dudley Sutton would have been much better casting. Sarah Churchill as Hester does convey the repressed tension of her character but she's comfortably in
0: her 40s playing a 30-year-old and it shows. The film is remembered today as Cliff Richard's first movie appearance although the then 17-year-old star has only a handful of tentative lines and a couple of brief background numbers including a quite different fledgling version of Got, Got myself, myself a-crying, a talking, sleeping,
1: walking, a living doll." He was clearly cast as a hook to bring a young audience to this otherwise rather middle-class and middle-age-centred film.
0: And it's fair to say that his acting improved with every subsequent film he made. By summer holiday, he's very comfortable on screen.
1: As with his early singles, Cliff's first couple of film appearances are much grittier affairs than his subsequent squeaky-clean image would attest.
0: Like The Young Ones, this is still a world of youth clubs, coffee bars and municipal Lido's, but the youthful denizens here are a long way from the carefree, likeable and benign teenagers of that later film.
1: The Young Ones has passing ironical mentions of coshes and flick knives, but here we actually see them in action, along with unplanned pregnancies, full-on punch-ups and road tragedies, not to mention the serious charge of the title.
0: Accomplished director Terence Young makes the most of the outside location shooting, brilliantly creating a clear image of the contained community of a parochial English town.
1: In reality, Stevenage.
0: And his handling of the risque content and action scenes is as assured as you'd expect from a man whose legacy is largely the early Bond movies. But this film would benefit from some serious cuts at almost every turn. Young proved in those Bond movies that
1: he was adept at making fast-paced, sex-laden pictures rippling with vibrant modernity. Perhaps he felt as though he might have to tiptoe around this sensitive subject matter, as his pacing here is relatively leaden.
0: The film succeeds most in its unresolved handling of
1: its hero's sexuality. It devotes a lot of screen time, establishing him as a virtuous, upstanding citizen with strong moral fibre before the scandal hits. Are you trying to
0: tell me we've got one of them down the vicarage? He's a sportsman, able to handle himself in a punch-up. But he's unmarried, seemingly asexual, and is oblivious to his overtly sexy French maid as she parades in front of him. He turns down Hester's advances,
1: and even at the end, when they reconcile, there is no unequivocally romantic resolution.
0: In truth, he actually seems to have the most natural relationship with Judith Furse's probation officer, who is also deliciously ambiguous. So this is an interesting, if overlong movie, certainly worthy of inspection. And it's showing only on Talking Pictures TV on Friday 31st of July at 6am. Until next time, I've been Matt Bragg. And I'm still Gavin Lazarus.